All right. Episode five. Here we are. Six. Well, five. 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 It feels like probably episode twelve. Always we had a few. It. We had a few mishaps in the first couple and started over a couple times, but uh, we're back. Yeah. Um, and we're in a new room again. Confluence you, SPC. That's right. Confluence S. And now we're, I feel like we've upgraded. This is the best room. No, no offense to the other one because it was nice, but this is the best room we've been in. Tom, thank you very much for allowing us to be in the gracious conference room of Confluence SPC. Mm-hmm. By the way, look them up. If you're in the Boulder County area and you need uh, office space, co-working space, they are the best around. ConfluenceSPC.com. Uh, Tom Hardy, you're the best, man. I appreciate you. And we'll just keep pumping you out as long as you keep having us over here. So Yeah, no, seriously. Thank you for letting us do that. Although, also thank. Oh, uh six nine design, Brian Scott. Uh you'll see as you've probably downloaded the this episode on Spotify or iTunes. Um we have a new logo. Um Thanks so, you guys for uh commenting on the on the picks, by the way. On yeah. um all the all the options Brian was giving us, Brian, those were all great. It was uh, hard to pick one, but I think we I think we got it dialed in now yeah yeah so, so uh six nine design he's uh out of denver like if we've talked about him before in the podcast crushing the sticker game and i say yeah. that and it sounds funny but man <laughs> this guy is pumping out an obscene amount of stickers he does wraps he does graphic design banner work he does all that kind of stuff i'm mean, it wraps your I, I need to get the facts right. I need to actually have this conversation. With Email but, us, Brian, what you want us to pump out for your business because you do a lot of cool stuff. I mean, Casey Thompson was our last guest. He was talking about mm-hmm. Copper Mountain, yeah. the stuff he does for Copper Mountain even. And it, it's, yeah, he's, the guy's talented as hell. Um, yeah, he does He he does a lot of car wraps as mm-hmm. well. So I think he has a big account with um, the waste management where he wraps all of their uh trucks yeah dump trucks yeah, the trash trucks yeah. dumpster trucks um trash compacting on wheels uh but um but yeah six nine design thank you brian for working our logo and being a sponsor we appreciate you um and uh thanks tom with uh confluence sbc appreciate it appreciate we'd it. uh we'd like to thank bing too i am drinking one yeah we're talking to bing um, about something yeah, something, something in the works. Bing being the energy drink that's here out of Colorado. Colorado base, they got a lot of cool products. Um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we we'll should keep pump up that. another business now. As as we could uh, could segue. In. Yeah, that's a, I like that segue actually. Uh, our next guest is Brian Goldberg of Bluebird Doors and Windows. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, gentlemen. Awesome to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah. No doubt, absolutely. And. He may sound like he should be doing voiceover work, <laughs> and this might be your your entrance into a whole nother career. Have you ever had? Have you ever been recorded before? I uh, very few times. Yeah, man, very few times. You could make a living with that. You could literally just read children's stories online. <laughs> you know what? And then parents can just play them for their kids at nighttime. <laughs> you probably sound a heck of a lot better reading like Shel Silverstein than I do. To my kids, you know, they're probably like, we just invite them over and read. We'll have to look into that. (laughs) There's got to be another career here. It's another hustle for you. Uh So what do you do, Brian? So we are a residential window and door replacement organization based here in Boulder County and uh, focus on high-end vinyl window replacements, fiberglass, wood, and then also fiberglass, steel, and wood entry doors. 
Okay. So just taking care of the customers, trying to bring a uh, really change the game in home improvements. Mm -hmm. You know, bring a positive customer experience versus you know really what the industry has seen and and you know for the last forty years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you um, were you uh, primarily working out of Denver, Boulder, Lafayette? Here in East Boulder County. Okay. We're based here in Lafayette. Okay. And the majority of our business is done here in Lafayette, mm -hmm. Louisville, Erie, Broomfield, uh, Longmont, mm -hmm. into Boulder. So yeah, no, okay. it's it's we're 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 very, very focused here. Um, with expectations in 2020 to, to grow up and blow up, you know, hopefully, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the so, goal. That's the goal. One yeah, question, that's the objective. Yeah. Well, one question I actually always tell people you're going to be on and they, one of the questions they had, and I obviously I'm a builder. I know builders. They want to know if you guys do new construction as well. Um, I know you focus on replacement remodel work, but, um, as far as bidding out, does it make sense to bid out to new construction for, ge for generals and builders? Or? It really all depends. If you're okay. a, if you're, if you're a, um, high end architect mm -hmm. or if you're building your own home mm -hmm. and you actually want to put money into the window package that you're going to be putting right. into the house, which you probably should. It's like, Wait, yeah, it's important. It, it's, it's, it's dumbfounding to yeah. walk into the amount of homes that we walk into. Yep. And see just a builder grade window, you know, that's going to last 10, 12 years. Yep. And, uh, you know, builders, when you're talking about the big homes or the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, um, the bigger, the production guys, production guys. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about the production guys, uh, they're not looking to put quality windows in, right. You know, so they're looking at the bottom line. They're looking at a window that goes into the opening yep. that is inexpensive and, there it is. Yeah. It's a weird thing if you actually think about it, like how little thought goes into windows. In my opinion, in one of the many things, so, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's just like, I, I wonder how much of it is, you know, if you're the client or either the customer, glass looks like glass. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like, okay, so what really are my options with glass? And then you look at a sticker price of what windows will cost. Yeah. You're like, eesh, there's a place I can save. It's a weird that that is one of the places where people look like they want to save. Uh, I tell this story sometimes, the very first thing that we ever did, which was Harvard. Huh, you know, yes. And <laughs> I'm somebody that just wants Put to... Put on TV. Yeah. Uh, and I had this like really weird education in doors. Yes. Where I realized oh, yeah, I, just, like, I know you're going with this. Yes, that was. That let's was just funny. go. Look, I went to Home Depot. They have a bunch of doors there. Let's just grab them off and just you know you we'll, we'll start loading them up, man. Start loading them up. They're inexpensive and like sure. what, what's the issue with doors? And then you figure out like oh well you didn't get a pre-hung door. You we have to route all these. We'll just attach the. Uh, I don't know why I can just put it on the hinge that's put there. Put it on the hinge and, and, and put it on there and close the door. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, holy cow, this is a thing. Like, yeah, this is a thing, man. Doors, you know? Um, and I feel like windows sometimes in a lot of people's minds, like designers, uh, certain builders, just like, we need to get a glass opening here. Check it off the box. This mm -hmm. is a place where we can save. And I feel like at now, after doing the amount of work that we've done, it's just... It feels like such an error when somebody does it wrong. And um, it's become such a cost center to somebody if they make poor choices. Right. And that, and then the install as well. And you guys, this is kind of where you guys really come in is you've seen a lot of, listen, it's, 
I, I do I do online stuff. I do some videos. I do classes in the shop. But one of the things I really think should be taught more is how to install a window properly. Yeah, 100%. How to yeah. flash it correctly. 100%. You're, you're dealing, anything that's on the exterior of a home, especially here in Colorado, as I look out the window and it's snowing right now, you're dealing with water management all the time. And, and the amount of ways water can penetrate a home, you were just talking about the zip tape and, yeah. and Vantech and all those. It's great product. But... To not understand how to, you just, well, I don't understand. Just pop a window in and screw it, and we're out of here. You're making a There's, hole in your house. It's it's a giant hole that you you're have to now seal. You're opening a home for water infiltration. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. literally saying, and "Come on in." They need to understand that because they want to replace yeah. the windows for whatever the reason is. Right. It's a broken window, right? Or they have hail damage, or they want to upgrade for energy efficient. See, you yeah. know. But then what's actually happening with a lot of the people out there that are installing these windows improperly? <clears throat> is now, yes, they're replacing the windows for one reason, but what they're not thinking about is if this window is not installed, as you say, Shane, you know, making it watertight mm-hmm. now, and you get water infiltration, you just went from a small issue to a huge issue, right. getting water into the house and behind the drywall. Yeah, And so, I mean, that is the biggest and the most important thing when yeah. it comes to window installation yeah. Yeah. is the quality of that installation. Yeah. And it's what what I'm always so fascinated by in the you know this industry, which is pretty com- you know it's pretty diverse, right? Between designers, builders, engineers, architects, you know, skilled tradesmen, you know, the product, the materials, is the psychology behind all of this. Because your house, oh, for pretty much everybody, is the most expensive investment you will ever make, right? So making a mistake on something that is a half a million dollars. You know, uh, it's it's interesting as you work with the client, you go through that process where this is one of those things, just like to touch on what you said and what Shane's talking about. When you do it wrong, you've now jeopardized the entire investment or you have jeopardized the uh, investment to the enjoyment of the home. Right. So you do all this work, you make this beautiful kitchen and it's a fucking ice box. hundred percent. You know, yeah. and you're just like, gee, many Christmas. And it's like, yeah. And you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I'm glad you saved 1500 here. Right. Right. You know, and it's just like, it's so the psychology of where people go through, it's either a lack of education and information, or it is somebody not looking at, like you said, you're opening up your home to the elements, which is. The whole point of a home right. is to remove yourself from the yes. elements. Like historically, yep. this is why we built things to live in was to get away from that, right? Yep. And so the window in the psychology behind a client looking at a window or putting an emphasis on the window is really interesting to me. Uh, because I think, you know, for most listeners that are probably listening now, they're like, oh, they have somebody on there that's about windows, I think that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. It's like this should be the one topic, you know, this should be in that like top 10% of things that you probably should listen to if right. you're a homeowner. There's no right? doubt. Because if that is your first reaction, oh, they have somebody who's on there who owns a window company. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are they going to have like a HGTV? I want to talk about concrete countertops. Yeah. Uh. It's just like, dude, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, this, if you're having that feeling now, that's exactly the point. Is that that's what's so interesting. That's the first thing I thought about when he said it. Like, oh, this actually will be really dope because the psychology behind this, I think this really, like, with what you do 
it, you can really kind of prop up the psychology of, of home ownership, building, and construction design, mm-hmm. and say, what is that? Why is that such a thing where nobody puts any emphasis on it? Because outside of maybe your roof and your foundation, you know, like Next those up. are it, yeah, these are the things that really create what you're trying to accomplish, which is removing yourself from being outside. Like today, it's yeah. icy and snowy. It's like, and I'm glad that there's not some draft coming through here, right? right? Like, or the door doesn't or close door properly, right, or it's right. It's, I mean, you guys did well, a door for me. Uh, was it last year? On you know a multi million dollar, door. yeah, beautiful door. Door was gorgeous, installed yep. improperly. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor design on how the materials were coming together. Yep. And this lady's poor lady. Her husband died several years ago, and she's living there in this huge five acre property by herself in a multi million dollar <laughs> custom home. And the door is toast. Mm-hmm. And she, she wants to get a brand new door, and I don't blame her, that, that matches the rest of the home, which is, you know, was it oak? This is the door you guys, you did? Yeah. We, and, we were, so, yeah, and we replaced yeah. the door. Replaced the door with a brand new door. It was door. a wood door, and it just gotten eaten. It, it was, was destroyed. West-facing, yeah. just destroyed. Yeah. You know? And so we came in and replaced the entire door. Gotcha. You know, with a beautiful, gorgeous beautiful door. back door. Um, how much was that, that? How much was that door? Uh, it was it was seven thousand, I believe. Whoa! Yeah, with it, install, it, it was it was, it was there aluminum was clad exterior. It, it was Holy wood cow. interior. Mm. It was the, it's got that NASA gold paint on it. It, it, it should have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's what homeowners don't understand, and it goes back to the builder, right? Mm-hmm. These builders here, and especially in the Colorado market, everything is being built with a vinyl window you know mm-hmm. in the california market you have aluminum windows back east you have wood windows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know in colorado everything that we go out to is a call for replacement of vinyl windows right well we're 5,280 feet here builders aren't spending money to put in windows mm-hmm. so these inexpensive vinyl new construction builder grade windows that they're putting in are lasting 10 years they're discoloring okay mm-hmm. and then so we come in the homeowners, you know, they're not looking. They'd rather spend $20,000 on vacations. Mm-hmm. They'd rather spend this money elsewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But what they're not thinking about is the fact that, you know, their house is built. They have studs in their home. They have insulation in between the studs. And then they have 15 openings in their home. Yes. There's holes in That's their what house. This was so crazy to me. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, so, and then they have these builder-grade windows. And so then they would go to replace the windows, and if they're looking at the price point, you know, and don't actually think about what all is valued in a window. Because mm-hmm. when you're replacing a window, you're doing more than just replacing your window. Yeah. Okay, and I'll get to that in a second. But you go with an inexpensive product, when actually now you're $10,000 out of pocket, and you're not fixing the issue. You want to take these openings in your house, and you want to make them as close as you can to the insulated walls. Yeah. Okay? But you got... Um, you know, when you're replacing your windows, if you do it with a high-quality product with a reputable organization that's going to install the way that it should be installed, Correct. you know, now when you go to, or if you just replaced your furnace or your AC, and then now you're putting windows in, that furnace and AC is going to last for that much longer, mm-hmm. you know, or if you replace your windows and then you go to replace your furnace and AC, then that's going to last a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that go into it. Right, mm-hmm. that that are in addition to the just the window replacement. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. <clears throat> yeah, it's it. And what's funny is someone will drop a hundred k on a kitchen in yeah. a heartbeat and have no like. I'll put that estimate out there for. I'm actually doing it now. 
Um, brand new kitchen, but we're, I get it. They don't like it. They lived in the home for five years. We'll start over. But I'm, you know, and they want to replace. We're actually adding a window. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk to you about this um, and moving some stuff around in the kitchen. And I put in, you know, an estimate for opening that part of the wall up, flashing correctly, putting in a good window that matches the rest of them, the whole nine yards. And they're, you know, they're, we're going through the estimate before they sign the contract. And one of the sticking points was seems a little high for, for the window. And I'm like, well, this, this includes, this is the labor to install it correctly. Mm-hmm. And the window itself, which is a good window. It's not a builder grade, you know, poo window. Um, where I, you know, I, I deal in higher end stuff like you do. And, and they're kind of like, well, I mean, what options do we have on windows? And I said, I only install, there's only probably three right now, other than you guys, three mm-hmm. reputable manufacturers that I'm going to use just on the window side for the product. So if you guys want to go a different route, you know, and I pitch this to everyone is I don't think I'm going to be part of that scope of the project. Sure. I don't, I don't want to have that. And it's silly for you guys to sit here and spend all this money on this gorgeous kitchen. It's a huge remodel, mm-hmm. not just the kitchen, but part of it is, I mean, big part of it is the kitchen. And if you guys don't want to put money into the window, which is going to have this awesome countertop behind it, this mm-hmm. awesome backsplash in there, faucet, sink, the whole nine yards, why would you spend any money at all? So here's my question to that homeowner. <clears throat> you know, you, you do this $100,000 kitchen remodel. You put in a $250 window. Mm-hmm. And then the window doesn't work two years later. Right. Are you happy that you bought that window for 250 right. bucks? Yeah. And you probably spent $8,000 on a range. That's right. Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. you know, enjoy. It's like, you know, I learned years ago, right? It hurts once to buy the right product. Yep. Right. It hurts over and over <laughs> and over so and over again yeah. to buy the cheap product or the wrong product. No, I don't care what Shane said about you. He's, had, <laughs> he's actually he's I'm going to a lot you. of really intellectual now. points here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's true, man. It's and that's why I like you guys. I pump you guys up. I'm glad you're here. Um you I have so many questions for him for our There's, shipping container. Oh, yeah. I well, yeah, well, yeah. I want to kind of start getting into that stuff yeah, with yeah. him at some point. But the, the windows, like the stuff you have in your office, the stuff I come in there and play with them all the time. Just the mechanisms alone. So cool. Have you ever seen, I think there's a Netflix show called White Gold. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Isn't oh, yeah. that about like the It's about the guys, a vinyl, vinyl window windows. salesman. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I haven't seen that, but now that you talk about it, I'm like, oh, I remember I wanted to watch that. It's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, you know, it's the way, it's the way of the industry. Yeah. And that's really what we, that's where we're different. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, uh, it's a customer experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the replacing your windows doesn't have to be, um, um, disappearing game mm-hmm. you know you don't have to have people come out to your house to give you a dog and pony show and why their product is the best product and you have to go with it mm-hmm. you know and then start with a highly inflated price and then just give you a perceived discount because mm-hmm. that's all it is mm-hmm. you know the labor of the product to get it installed costs what it costs mm-hmm. the material of the product costs what it costs mm-hmm. so anybody that's telling you save 40 percent it's not a reality you're not saving 40%. Right. Ours, you're you saving know, 40% from a 40% inflation. That's right. Right. That's it's right. It's a, a, I mean, I don't think, I should probably be careful. American Family Furniture Warehouse, right? It's like, how do they always have a sale? Jake Jab. Jake Jab. Yeah. Because they're not sales. Right. 
Right. So it's a six hundred dollar couch that they've marked up to a thousand bucks. That's forty percent off. Right. It's six hundred bucks, guys. Right. That's the and, that, and that's, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, our competition has a sale every single day mm-hmm. of the year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And we and you know I mean that said I guess we we offer we offer fifteen percent off of our products mm-hmm. when homeowners purchase four or more windows. Yeah. Because so you give volume our, over gross. Our our competition yeah. won't come out for one, two, or three windows, mm-hmm. but we will. Mm-hmm. And really, the way we look at that is, you know, again, it goes back to who really wants to replace their windows. Most homeowners should, mm-hmm. but who really wants to and spend right. that money, right? But when you call us out for one or two windows, that experience with Bluebird is going to help you easily purchase the rest of the windows in your house. Yeah, because of the quality of the product. And because of the quality of the crews that we send out to mm-hmm. you, you know, and so we'll come out for one, two, or three windows. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me ask you this: uh, How long have you been doing this? Since two thousand and five. Two thousand five. Oh, right. long time. Buddy. And long time. what were you nice. doing prior to being, you know, the king of Boulder County windows? I was doing. I was. I was finishing up school. Okay. So you got out of school. And got straight into windows. You got straight into windows. Did you have construction experience prior? I did not. You did not. I did not. So what? At that point, you get out of school, and there with is, what degree, by the way? Because I want to, I want to put that out to a lot of people that are, especially the trade school stuff that gets a hit. What? So where did you graduate with? Or did you graduate? I did not actually graduate. See, no, see, see. I know. I know. I, I listen to this. Yeah, it doesn't okay. need to go that way. Yeah, you so. absolutely one hundred percent do not need a degree. You need to be passionate about something, and you need to be. You need to find what you love. Yeah, and you need to be the absolute best at it. That you so, can. what made you love? It's okay. So, let me set a wide table here for a second. Sure. So there you are in school. And what school was this, by the way? It was a university in St. Louis. Okay. So you're there in St. Louis, and you're sitting around, and you're <laughs> taking, I don't know, um, and then you say, you know what? Fuck <clears throat> this. Windows is where it's at. Windows. And how did that, how did this transition from, you know, classically educated to in terms of like you know conventional conventional yeah. there there's a conventional education is a conduit to success versus you mm. sitting somewhere in class or at home and just saying this isn't me windows is me can you explain kind of how that transition happened for you i sure can and you know i couldn't i couldn't i'm not where i am today without my longtime business partner okay because i am you know I, Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> sorry. Praise right? Jesus. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We're going to clap for that so bad. <laughs> sorry. It's just shocking. Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> I, 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 school was not my thing. Right. Sitting in a classroom, listening to people mm-hmm. teach mm-hmm. was not my thing. I could not keep my attention. I needed to be moving. I mm-hmm. needed to be talking. I needed to be listening. Mm-hmm. I needed to be helping others achieve what they want to achieve. And then windows basically just fell in my lap. Okay. And so back in 2005, I started selling windows. And do I, did I ever Like you were working, did you go take a job with the company? I went and took a job. Okay. Yep. With For an organization company. in okay. St. Louis. Okay. Yep. And just started selling windows. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought about selling windows for a <laughs> right. You know, yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just don't. Yeah. Um, and then really loved it, 
mm-hmm. and then was able to open up my own business in 2006. Okay. And I've been doing that ever since. Okay. Now, I, I'm not, I'm also not the trade type, right. you know, getting out there and, and doing the yeah. actual installations. Mm-hmm. And that's where my partner, John Forkin, comes into place. Mm-hmm. And he'd had that experience. Mm-hmm. He had been remodeling or rehabbing and fixing, flipping homes back in mm-hmm. St. Louis. What's his name? Uh, John Forkin. What John up, John? Forkin. John's up, a good John? dude. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and he'd had that experience. Yeah. And so I brought him in to run production. So I was over the marketing and the sales and the business development. And since day one, he's run production and the actual installation, the crews. Okay. What made you, okay, so you're selling windows and then what, what was that, um, what was that tipping point where you all of a sudden like, you know, I should be selling my windows and not selling this person's windows. What was the aha moment where you're, or was it just pure ambition? Like, Hey, I see the model now. I know how to sell the windows. I see where we get them, how to mark them up, how to do whatever. I can see how we can actually make money doing this. And I can also maybe fix a void. There could be better service. There's something there uniquely different that I can do and I'm going to go do it. What was that kind of turning point from working for somebody to all of a sudden doing it yourself? Great question. Just pure ambition. You yeah, because you're wired. I mean, I, I've I, known Brian a while. You're wired as an entrepreneur. I mean, I, that's just you. I could not work for another individual. Yeah. And I had to do my own thing. I had to build it, you know. And, and going into business for yourself is a very, very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Being but an entrepreneur just, sucks. It, it really does. It's, but it's, it's great. It's the <laughs> most, yeah, it's the most rewarding and torturous yeah. thing you'll ever do to yourself. 100%. Yeah. And, and you just yeah. said it. Yeah. I mean, that's rewarding. And torturous. Yes. Mm-hmm. And maybe more torturous for the first however many years. <laughs> the beginning yeah, is, yeah, yeah you, you know, you get your ass kicked for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you know, it was, it was the, the best part about it is, you know, it's, it's your brand mm-hmm. and it's your name and it, you get to provide what you want to provide. You know, another thing about this business that's sad is people, you know, and the window business has grown since 2004, mm-hmm. you know. And so a lot of people try to get into it. And then you get these people that come into the business and they're, they, they, you know, they're working, they're doing their thing, they're in it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I can do this. I can do my own business. Right. I can go make this money. And then I'll be the owner, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so they do it. They get in for two years, you know, two and a half years. They're having some success. Or they're in it, you know, for up to two and a half years, having some success. Mm-hmm. Well, two and a half years hits, and guess what else hits? Services. Mm-hmm. So now they have these services from a lack of quality of install or a lack of knowledge from the industry. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, we're not making money on the services. Mm-hmm. And then they bounce. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're leaving these homeowners high and dry, right? And it was just, you know, with with, with my thing and... You know, the marketing, the branding, the superior products. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not a race to the bottom in this business. And so many companies think that it is. It's a race to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, and you want to offer as a high quality product. Mm-hmm. And you want to offer it at 
a price where everybody's benefiting. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you don't want to take advantage of homeowners, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do it so that you're not making any money. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just want to be right there in the middle. You know, I always find it interesting. Uh, I'm always fascinated with this stuff, and and I always talk to other people about entrepreneurialism. Partially because I have an, a, a wealth of failure behind me. And Shane, <laughs> but, but you have to have that. Well, yeah, and that's we, what we, happens. We, you and I have, actually, I think we've talked about it, I think, on the first podcast. It's, it's almost like it's not about you know, what you know. It's about the experience of or what to do. It's about the experience of what to avoid. Sure. You know, so it's kind of like, look, if I want to shoot a dart at something, right, well, I can whittle down my target because these are all things that you know i'm putting my hands out for people who can't see but like you they're whittle it down hands. actually they're pretty good man um <laughs> good size hands sadie's good told size you arms <laughs> yeah um but but what i was gonna say is that it's uh it's like well i know what not to do right and so if i can eliminate the things of what not to do then the chance or the propensity for me of being successful exponentially goes up because i'm a, you know i was like well i know not to do that well i know that didn't work i know this didn't work so let's try something again and you just kind of narrow your focus and i think mm-hmm. that as people stick with entrepreneurialism this is how they actually get better right and i think one of the biggest errors in entrepreneurialism is that people will make a mistake and just want to like let's forget about that it's like no you need to actually Take a minute, look at your mess, figure out how it got all screwed up, figure out what variables uh, were in play that caused whatever distraction or whatever financial or economic issue or why it didn't monetize. So that way, when you go make an attempt again, you can at least identify the errors and try to make it work. And I think it's also interesting, and Shane and I really agree on this, that if you are uh, if you are attempting to so take those windows window guys that go for like two and a half years, if your goal in entrepreneurial entrepreneurship is just to make money, you're probably going to fail. You're, you're in the wrong. Business. You're in the yep. wrong business. But yep. if your goal is to go out and move something progressively forward, create a product or service that people need and want, the result will probably be money if you're successful in, in getting those things If you're things good off. at those things right. and you're the, passionate about those things. Yeah, yeah, your opportunity to make money if you've solved a problem exponentially goes up. You still mm-hmm. may not be able to monetize it, but your chances of monetizing that endeavor goes up. That's right. Right. So, yeah. so you, why do you think you are past the two and a half year mark and now going into decade two? Uh, if I did my math there right, 2019. Yeah, you're yeah, in the 2019. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's slow, steady growth, mm-hmm. customer Patience. experience. What's that, Shane? Patience. Patience. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing happens overnight, you know? Yeah. And so just, uh, you know, patience, slow, steady growth, the right products, the right crews. You know, I mean, it's, it's our, our, our objective is to absolutely 100% provide the best quality product at a fair and reasonable price to homeowners. And I frankly feel like we do a fantastic job at that. Okay. Yeah, they do. And I've, and, and I've, I have referred you to a bunch of different people just over smaller, you know, projects, especially as we had a bunch of 
this a big hailstorm in June again and damaged. I mean, just destroyed homes. I mean, it just shredded them. A lot of windows were damaged in the area, and I sent Brian off for a lot of things. And part of the problem is insurance can't wrap their head around what things actually cost anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as they're continuing to pay out in certain areas, they're trying to like you know reduce that that cost to them somehow, some way. And one of the things they'll do is they'll give a smaller number for window replacement windows. So as Brian goes out and these, these guys go out and they start, you know, estimating jobs, replace some of the windows that got shredded and the people come back and say, it, it's too expensive. My insurance won't cover that. I'm like, that's because what's there. It's not that the window's <laughs> too expensive. The adjustment was too small. The adjustment was too small. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, they're not it's allowing like a enough for the representation of expense. It's yeah. like, well, that's too expensive. No, that's, Correct. Yeah. They were too short on the, yeah. yeah. The, the, the great the mis- thing about insurance is I would love for the person that's writing that number on paper, mm-hmm. I would love for them to go buy the window off of the shelf, install that window themselves mm-hmm. for you the know, amount of money that they're giving. Right. And then tell me how <laughs> yeah. much, they're like, tell me how much money you lost. And tell me how much money they lost. Yeah. 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 No, totally. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole. Not, that's a whole. Or the homeowner calls like, back. Wait, wait, my home was just destroyed. You were in and out here in an hour, <laughs> and you've got it all figured out. Right. This shit took me two years to build. Yep. You know, like, yep. But I'm glad you. <laughs> you're in the wrong business, man. If you got the, if you can just walk in here and just like, yeah. yep, 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 yeah. They got that figured out. I'm doing something yeah. wrong. There's yeah. money to be made. No, it's 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 a it's a problem, and you know, and especially up here, I've I've seen it happen. They're just like, it's just too expensive. I don't, I don't want to spend that money. All right. Well, good luck. You know, I don't have to tell you. Why does your door not shut again? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It, you know, it's, you know, kind of back to the entrepreneur thing. Um, I'm super, like, and I guess if it was a second ago, I'm like really interested in the psychology of how things work mm-hmm. and why and whatnot. And you and I were talking about this just uh, two days ago. Um, so, and I'm also, for a lot of people who know me, I'm very weird. Like, all sit down sometimes and stay up until like two in the morning, like diagramming a thought out, you know, um, that's, because and then my wife has to like, sometimes like come down and do a wellness check on me. Like you understand it's like two in the morning, right? Oh shit. Uh, is it, you know, uh, um, do you want to do a line with me real quick? Yeah, Just keep yeah, me up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, last night I came to bed and she was like, I about came down to check on you. What were you doing down there? Like, I just. Don't worry about it. It's like you magic is happening. Was it something here. weird? Probably to you, yeah, <laughs> but not in the context of what you're thinking. You know, like, um, but um, I, I'm, I'm starting to play around with this idea, and it's not a, a, a real unique thought on my part. But I'm trying to expand it a little bit so I can identify it. Right. So if you had like characteristic traits, like take the top ten characteristic traits that that curb behavior, right. Um, so I use my mom as a perfect example. She is hi, a hi, Kathy. Um, she is one of the most compassionate, selfless people you will ever meet. To the point where she will exhaust herself uh, for other people. You know, she's the kind of person you say, "Oh God," you know, it's in a random conversation. Oh, oh, what's going on? Oh, no, the pillows. I need a new pillow. And next thing you know, she'll like spend a week sewing you a new pillow. Right? She cannot help herself. You know, you're you're not feeling well. She'll take the whole day off and make a soup and fix you. And I'll just take care of everything. And she will exhaust herself taking care of people, right? So, if you take compassion and you put it on a linear line and you say, you know, where someone and right in the middle is a perpendicular line that says normal, right? In terms of that characteristic trait, she is so far to the right 
that it's just like, so for her, um, this is such a dominant characteristic trait that I'm thinking that in terms of thinking how the universe works and how balance and nature, that she would then have to find something to balance herself because if she just runs too deep with it, she'll run herself thin. And she gets some sort of literal, like, chemical um, uh, reward, like a serotonin flush, right? Where she does that, she says, oh, I feel so good to do that. Whereas some people say, it's just a chore to take care of you. But I will do it because I know I need to take care of you. But she actually is wired in a way where she gets a like a literal reward, like, oh, that feels so good to do it, I can't help it. But if she doesn't balance that, then it will exhaust her. And I'm curious, with that context, of what these characteristic traits are, and wondering that if someone is like really far right of normal, whatever that might be. Um, right and left, not meaning politics. No, no, down. just meaning that, <laughs> yeah, having relax. to pick a side yeah. of a scale, right? <laughs> that that this is one of the derivatives of like depression and anxiety is because you're not balancing that out but you keep doing it because you you're drawn to it so she's just drawn to doing that and this i think people all are uniquely different on this because you know if you think about professional professionalism now um you can't all be doctors there would be you know no engineers mm -hmm. right and you can't all be engineers there'd be no nurses right so we're all kind of balancing each other out. So recognizing where, what you're really dominant in terms of a characteristic trait. And if you want to have some sort of success or you want to have some sort of mental wellness, then you have to equally balance that out. So I told my mom um, that one of the things where people, I think, make a mistake, this is a little long-winded, but it will come to my question to you, is that it will... The, the tendency when you overcompensate on the thing that you're really drawn towards is that you say, okay, I feel out of balance, I feel off balance, I'm exhausted, I'm these kind of things. That the, the first tendency is to pull away from doing those things that are making you exhausted. But I think this is where some of the depression might come in because, well, that's what you want to do though. That's literally what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to rebalance by removing those things, you need to add some sort of counterweight to it. So for my mom in this example, she would need to find something healthy that is selfish, right? So she would need to, because she's so far on this end that you need to do something that's extremely selfish and it needs to be done in a healthy manner, right? So, you know, or like with certain people are, I think also tend to have issues with addiction or drinking or smoking is because it's one selfish act that is irresponsible because the rest of their day is selflessness and responsibility. So then, this is the, I got to come home from a stressful job and drink to take the edge off. It's like, that's probably you I'm just trying to right balance now. this out. You have all these responsibilities. Right? <laughs> um, so with saying that, it sounds like you, for example, and I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you. Um, it sounds like you are drawn towards the creation, problem solving, uh, entrepreneurialism. I think so many entrepreneurs are kind of wired this way. Exactly. Yep. I want to go towards the known. I'm not as interested in the known stuff. I want to move towards what's not being done, the opportunity that's not been taken, and that is this like that's where this drive I think comes in, right? And so I find it interesting when you talk about your partner John, right, as maybe being that counterweight. And wondering if that is one of the reasons you attribute some of the success, that he is the hands-on person that goes in and literally does the work. 
because I think if both of you guys were that way, then it would be off balance. And if he was just like a serial entrepreneur who was driven by like trying to go get new things, that then there would be nobody there that's just like, I just want to do the task well. Because mm-hmm. you may not be quite wired to do, want to do the task well. You want to say, and you've already mentioned it in the first conversations, you're looking at 2020 as expanding. So your brain's already moved forward, but somebody needs to be doing the present well. And how much, okay, so with all that, how much of your success as a company and the growth do you think is built around the differences in the uh, characteristics between you and your partner? You all right? Jesus Christ. That was like a balloon. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody know where we're at right now? (laughs) Does that make any sense? That was so incredibly well spoken. Okay. Oh my God! Don't pump him up. Yeah. Exhausting. No. I, I got. You know what? I got to counterweight this with a nap now. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You, you, you can rest your head there. Okay. you have a pillow. You have a pillow in here. Yeah. No, that was so incredibly well said. Okay. And not and, and you are one hundred percent right. Okay. You, yeah. you can't have you, in a partnership. You can't have two people with the same qualities. No. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. And and you know. I don't think I don't think John and I could be more different. I would agree with that. Yeah, but that's the good. That's the good part. That's what makes that thing. That's a great marriage. That's, that's why it makes it run. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, and so it's 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 he. Yeah. It's, so can you talk about how you think psychoanalyze yourself for a second as an entrepreneur? Um, because it, it's a you're literally a perfect uh, case study for this mm-hmm. for me because there is nothing really. Let's be honest, sexy about windows. Mm-hmm. Except Brian Goldberg. Except <laughs> literally the man behind it. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Like this isn't a this yeah. isn't putting the internet in space. That's right. Right? This is windows. That's right. Right? So but there's something that is attractive that was attractive about it to you. And it's attractive enough that you're gonna keep going with it and you don't try to switch to some other thing else that might be grabbing your attention. Right as an entrepreneur who's always thinking forward. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about, you know, if you psychoanalyze yourself, how your mental makeup is that kind of keeps you doing this and what really is your driving factor in pushing the window game forward. You know, wherever you are in the U.S., mm-hmm. and I guess across the world, go hop in your car and go for a ride. What do you see? You see windows everywhere Mm -hmm. there's so many homes there's so many people there's so many windows out there that aren't sufficient you know to energy efficiency Mm -hmm. to operation to whatever the cause right um noise reduction Mm -hmm. okay you know you live close to an airport you live you know you you have on a main road whatever the reason so many windows and I'm a macro thinker. I'm not a micro thinker. Right. That's, so I need, yeah, yeah. I need I need micro thinkers with me. Right. Because my thing is macro, and right. it's it's here's what needs to happen. Now we got to have I have to have other people around me that can help get there. Right. Okay. Um, and it's just it's it's the brand. It's the ability to build this organization to where you know we are in the state of Colorado. You know, we expand to be a regional organization and, you know, help these homeowners. That's all we're doing. We're working together with homeowners to complete their project, you know, culminating in an awesome experience for them. 
right? To provide them the quality that they want at a reasonable price. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's that, it's that over and over and over again. And then building our own products, you know, building our own, you know, having our window, having the partnerships with the top manufacturers in the country. And then, and then really, you know, I mean, the, our, our objective would be to be a, you know, top organization when it comes to specialty remodeling in the nation and really not have to advertise. And sure, you're always going to have to advertise, mm -hmm. right? But it's just, you know, our best advertising is our customers. Mm -hmm. Yep. That are out there speaking about mm -hmm. us, you know, and that's what we need. And that's, we go into every single job, you know, today's job brings tomorrow's project, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to be thinking ahead on every project Everything. that you're on because you're going to understand good, bad, and different with the client. Mm -hmm. If you do your job passionately the way you want to do it and the way it's supposed to be done, that's going to offer you more work down the line. And that's how, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's how you have to be thinking. The guy that's installing the window, no offense to John and everybody else is out there doing that, they're just focused on let's get it done, let's get it right. And moving on where you're like, let's make sure that they're happy. Let's come check in on them. Let's, you know, schmoozing. I mean, right. you're a perfect guy to schmooze. Evan's a perfect guy to schmooze. Mm -hmm. Keep people smiling. Yep. That happens all the way through the project. And, the, you know, depending on what it is, at the end of the project, guess what they're going to do? The next time someone's like, oh, my God, where did you get that door? That's fantastic. Oh, it's uh, Bluebird Door and Windows. Next job, mm -hmm. next job, next job. Mm -hmm. You got to be constantly thinking that way, mm -hmm. and that's what you're doing. That's that's your that's what part of that macro thinking is. And I would also to that say that as an entrepreneur and, and the mindset of an entrepreneur is you're somebody that gets bored easily. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. But boredom breeds innovation. This is why Evan's up at two in the yep. morning. Yep. Yeah. I you know, and I'm I'm that way too. Mm -hmm. I, Knock on wood, I haven't been struggling with sleeping a whole lot. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but there's times when you're like, I wake up at three in the morning for, you know, I got to take a leak or whatever it is. And, and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't fall back asleep. And you try and you try and you try. Mm -hmm. And it's like, my brain will not shut off. Mm -hmm. So I either have to, I have a little notepad by the side of the bed, which I actually got rid of recently because I just have my office in my house now. And so I go into the office, I have this, you know, like this whiteboard right here. I write all that stuff down. Because if I want to go back to sleep, I know now I'm not going to forget any of it. And I've already started the process for the day, it's right? Written. It's right there in front of me. So when I walk into that office, I see everything. Yeah. That helps me go back to sleep. But it's also like that, that movement towards creation of something else. And I'm constantly mm -hmm. changing gears. I mean, you guys have seen that before. Yeah. But it all has to come back to the same kinds of things that I'm into. And, it, you, you know, you got to, I always tell people, you got to have a side hustle or multiple side hustles. Mm -hmm. All that is bred from boredom. And boredom is what we need in this society to create innovation and continue to move forward. That's so right. if you don't get bored as an entrepreneur, you're not an entrepreneur. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's weird because, um, you know, uh, it, this is why I think it's so interesting to self-awareness and entrepreneurialism is, I think, so important in my opinion. So I have another friend who is a successful business mind really and and he has all these amazing things uh working for him and but he's by himself right so he is you know he's pretty much everything and he has a financial firm and he does all kinds of stuff anything that involves finance is a brilliant finance mind and he will and it also so like if it was like um um 
like if there was that spectrum, right? And one of them was intellectual or mathematical curiosity, right? He's way over to the right, right? And then he also has an extreme level of confidence, right? So confidence, he's way over. So he takes those two things and he goes and gets his hands on things that quite frankly, he probably shouldn't, Sure. right? And then I'll talk to him like, wait, what do you have? Dude, I got a 10-year contract with him. Like, how? <laughs> but here's the thing. He's by himself, and I, I'm telling him as a friend and as we kind of consult and counsel each other because he's opposite. I'm, you know, he's strong in areas I'm weak, and so I love talking to him. Um, it's like, yeah, but the thing is, it's always the new thing he can discover. And what ends up happening, he's collecting all of these things that aren't really being worked. He's missing a John. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, whoa, man, hey, you need to, and right now, so what ended up happening was, I said, you need to, you need to raise capital. He's like, for what? For somebody else. You need to sell shares to your firm, right? Mm -hmm. And bring on a very strategic partner that is going to now, when you go out and identify what it is and go have the confidence to go get it, you now need to have somebody there to execute on that because you're, it's so boring, I think, for him to once he gets it to then like do something with it. It's about the chase. It's, I, I say this jokingly, totally tongue in cheek. He's like a, a, a working dog that is obsessed over squirrels. <laughs> and then he catches them and he's like, uh oh, what, what? what do we do with this? Now what? Like, oh my God, you are so good at catching squirrels. And then he just lets them go. And like, you know, it's not, and, and it's not, and that's maybe not a good metaphor because that kind of applies to the classic like squirrel, but that's not what he's doing. It's right, just that he's, right. he's so driven sure. to go get something and identify it and go get it that he's just missing that thing. So I think it's so important, first of all, for someone to realize if you're wired a certain way, right, uh, to go do that, you got to be aware that you're doing that. So that way, you the things that are unnatural, that there are no reward systems to get, right, that they still have to be worked. So if you're ultra creative, then it's going to be almost impossible for you to be orderly. Right. Right? right. This is because they're on the opposite end of the oh. spectrum. One's about creation and one's about order of already created. Mm -hmm. Right? So they don't, they're, they're on the same line, so you can't be both which means that one's going to come really naturally and one you're going to have to force yourself to do or create a routine that the outcome is order, right? So I'm not, like, that's me, for example. If I'm not, if you came to my house, you would see that I have a series of routines in order, right? And people are like, oh, you know, you're very organized. No, I'm not. I am so, like, naturally unorganized. I am the guy that will be looking for his keys, Every time, right? So if I don't create a routine where I come in, put the keys there, do this and that, and that's not because that's natural. I have to create a routine for order because I'm not orderly. I'm creative. So I think it's when, I was just thinking that because when you were talking, Shane, it's like, you know, you take a look at guys like us and we've done so many different things, mm -hmm. right? I mean... It's you could almost feel like write a book on things that have we've we've done already, and they're like, oh, what are you eighty? No, I'm right. forty one, um, and I've done all these things, right? So, it's I'm trying to be more self aware. Like, what is why hasn't one of those things became a thing? Sure. And I think it's because I get so bored because it's not really about the thing; it's about creating the thing. And so I'm trying to like recognize that in myself and say, so when I do get something, I need to like do it and that won't come easy for me which means i got to be around other people 
that'll say, give me the thing you just got mm-hmm. and let me do something with it. Right? Well, then that's what, I mean, that's to quote the great Jay-Z, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. man. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right, like no, that's, totally. that's just part of what it is. Yeah. And we're just, you know, we're wired that way because that creates all these things that come into play. And I mean, I sometimes would go off on a tangent doing something, but it all comes back to the things that I love to do. And that helps me build those, those same little bubbles that I'm kind of like all these balls that I'm juggling are all really kind of in the same basket. Um, but the boredom stems me to keep pushing forward because, you know, if you don't, then you're like, you were saying before you're stagnant, Brian, right? It's, it's what it is. And so my question to you guys would be Hmm. as an entrepreneur owning a business, is it important to have a business partner? Is it needed? Do you have to have a business partner to be, I would say more successful? Um, because I mean, I hear arguments all the time about you know, we've talked about the whole balance. Can you, mm-hmm. and some people are gifted enough to be balanced on both ends of that, right? They're very creative and then they can implement those ideas at the yeah. same time. Um, but I, I feel like it's important, but I, I really don't know, you know, where, cause I've seen what businesses do that don't have them. So do you have to? No, no. What's you your know, opinion? Should, I, should you have a business? Partner? I, I couldn't imagine being in business for myself without a partner. Yeah. You know, the back and forth, the conversation, the different personalities. It's, right. You know, if you're if you're there and you're uh, like we said, it's torture. Mm-hmm. It is. Owning your own business is torture. Yeah. Right. And having somebody to go through that with you, not, you know, you don't want, yeah. you know, you don't want misery and company. Right. right. But you, to have somebody to, to, to bring you back up. You know, it's very easy if you go out and you get beat down all day long to go then then go home and not have somebody to discuss that with. Now yeah. you wake up yeah. and you just keep getting yeah. beat down, right? Yeah. But to be able to have that partner to talk to, you know, and then to yeah. tell the story yeah. and then get their side of the the, the spectrum. You oh, know? If, you're, if you're getting breaking, you're broke. You're broken down during the day for whatever. It's it's also. You can, you can, even if you're an entrepreneur by heart and you're, you're, you get bored and you're yeah. creating, sometimes you get stuck and you're like, I can't figure this out. And I mean, right. we've had that over the years where I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm sort of like, no, Evan, we can't do it this way. Here's, here's all the reasons why we can't, right. you know, create this part of the project, mm-hmm. blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, you know, and you come in and go, well, why can't what? we just do this? And I'm like, Jesus, how did I not even see that? And, yeah. yep. and then I would get pissed because I'm like, I couldn't figure that out. And this is my part of the job. It's just the difference of how brains right. work within people. I think, well, first of all, just listening to your answer, I was kind of over here chuckling, not because of what you're saying, because we're on this whole like torture, right? <laughs> but entrepreneurialism. I'm like, you know what it is? It's like S&M. <laughs> it's like, it's, S&M is technically torture. Right, put me in a you know a, a rubber suit, tie me <laughs> oh down, you know, put a ball in my mouth and beat me. I'm gonna call it's Sadie like, why later. Why would I'm anybody ask. want that? Is torture, but for that person, it's also enjoyable. <laughs> oh, hit me again! Uh, yeah, entrepreneurialism <laughs> is like S and M. You know, it's like why would you put yourself through that? I don't know, but I love it. I love, I love it. it. I, I love it, love and it. I can't. Yeah. I can't help not do it. It's right. awful. The amount of times I have to explain to my significant other, no, I know it's all of our money's gone, but trust me, <laughs> I'm so. I'm having so much fun, and it's just like it's torture. You know, it's like and they look yeah. at you like you're crazy. Yeah, and it's just oh, like yeah. that's when you know you have a good life partner when all of a sudden they say, all right, but it looks like it's making you happy. Yeah, as long as you're happy. I don't get it. 
But it looks like you're. I haven't seen you more excited. You've been kicked in the nuts nine times um, this this week. I don't. I don't think you actually need a business partner, but I think you need people around you somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can be an entrepreneur by yourself in your pajamas at home. I think you have to no. have somehow. You have to find the missing pieces that fills in the inches to the foot you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Um, I can see the whole yardstick, right? But in in there are all these inches and millimeters, and I need to fill the gap in. So I think, again, good entrepreneurialism is part of this self-awareness of saying, this is what I'm really good at, and it will drive me towards something that's innovative Mm -hmm. or different that the result will potentially be money. But I have to somehow, whether that's through employment, whether that's through just coaching, consulting, um, having good advisors or good relationships or mentorship, you have to have something, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think, you know, um, you know, Bill Gates, like if Bill Gates didn't have other people around him, he would just be making grids on a dry erase board in his room and solving all the world's problems that nobody hears about, you know? So I think somewhere... There is this, and we talk, you know, Elon about Elon Musk on this podcast as right. a good example. Sometimes, like he's his, it's still crazy to me that he's literally to me like the only outlier. That's why I'm so interested in him. Like you tell me, there's not another one. Like if we didn't have him, if he wasn't born, we wouldn't be trying to get to Mars. We wouldn't be trying to put the internet in space. We wouldn't be trying to, you know, we wouldn't have Tesla's. We wouldn't have. Wouldn't have Tesla. We wouldn't have all Solar City and all these other SpaceX, all these things. Like, if he didn't exist, would none of this be happening? Is he literally the only outlier, right? And it's just weird to me that he's also happening in our lifetime, right? And this mm-hmm. isn't 300 years from now that he's born now. Um, and But he's got to surround himself with people. Right. I mean, otherwise, nothing. He's got to put himself around engineers, people who are give me the problem, right, and I'll build it. I need you to tell me what we're doing, but we're literally the people building it. So I don't think you need a partner. I think you need to, but you need to have people around you that fill in those inches Mm -hmm. to get to your yard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then once you do that, your yard can become a football field, and your football field can become a mile. And and then as you go, you just got to be aware, hey, man, I'm kind of like a kite that's not weighted down. Right, and I'm I'm designed to fly in the wind, and that's all I want to do. But without any kind of weight to it, you know, you'll just go all over the place, and nothing gets done. So I think, right. I think if you're a real true entrepreneur and wired like you are, that you got to have some sort of weight to you, so that way it, you know, you, your kind of crazy drive and mental makeup has a place to like manifest a product. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you do have to have something around you. Because um, I, I, I feel like the last two years for me have been, I wouldn't call them static, but there has not been opposite. the progression that I've wanted. And because I feel very isolated, I had, and I, you know, you saw what happened. I mean, actually, Brian's, Brian's in uh, part of well, my space. Well, you haven't had progression, and you're saying that, and for proper context, yeah. you're saying that you haven't had progression in terms of, the result you're looking for. The result I'm trying to accomplish. Because I would yeah. make the complete opposite argument for you. I think you've had an immense amount of progression in terms of identification of what you're doing, what your skills are, what you want to do, 
what really is behind your drive, what you want to create. And I think, you know, if you said in the last the two years pri- prior to the two years you're talking about, mm. you know, you had progression in terms of Bailey Custom Homes, but you didn't feel like you were actually progressing anywhere. So there, right. there's like, what curb are you talking about when you say you feel like you haven't had any progress? Well, I would say monetizing it for sure. Monetizing. Um, okay. I, I think I went backwards as far, I mean, on paper, I certainly went backwards the last two years. Um, and, and I thought I was going the right direction as far as where I wanted the company to be. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem with going that direction and then hitting the brakes say, no, 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 this is, this is, this is not how I'm wired. This is not how I want to run the business. This is not what I want the business to do, but I didn't have anybody to bounce that off of. It was, you know, solely on me to make those decisions. And, and over the years, even as you're successful for a while as an entrepreneur running a successful business, you can make those mistakes and go, Oh God, we shouldn't have gone that direction. You're you're gonna have that. I mean, we saw Apple have that with with Jobs. We saw Microsoft have it with Gates. We, I mean, Elon Musk is certainly, as you're talking about him, has certainly done that. But for me, it was what I really want to take this thing to, and what I really want to do with it was completely opposite of what I decided to do with it the last two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think have if I had a business partner, someone that can like you, mm-hmm. that could you know pull your face away from the paper and mm-hmm. go. Yeah, but here are the here are the problems with going this direction. I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody that surrounded me. I had great people that did the work with me. They're very skilled, but as far as like giving a crap about where the company was going, they're just you know hit me with a paycheck. You're man. on your own. Yeah, yep. I don't. I can't. They don't think that way. And it was you know shame on me for kind of hoping that I could change some of the guys around me to think that way. It's not going to happen. They're not wired that way. And no. that's not for everybody. And that's totally fine. You need to have good employees that don't want to go anywhere. They are super happy just working for you sure. and doing their craft yeah. and have no desire to take it to the next level, right? Just, you know, move me up the ladder inside this company. Mm-hmm. But as far as like doing what you do, no thanks. I don't, I'm not interested. That's important. But I didn't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. So I ended up going back to my wife at times with frustration saying, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if this is what I want to be doing. And, and she's just, you know, bless her. She's very patient with me and just says, do what you want to as do. And I'm like, Bailey, but I, Bailey wives are. Oh, as all Bailey wives all are. Them. God bless all of yeah. them. Jesus. There is a, there is a certain <laughs> shared. Uh, they can, they yeah. should have their own podcast yeah, they should. about being married yeah, to Bailey men. Christmas. <laughs> True. Fact. Um, that would actually. <laughs> there'd be a lot of cussing on that podcast for sure yeah I, I i just think that you know it's when you think about being an entrepreneur and you know i again there's always this weird irony that exists right because to be an entrepreneur you have to have like a really high ego and certain level of narcissism yet yes. to be successful you have to remove it right right like it has to be right. like you know, uh, in front of other people, you need to remove it. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you right? need to yep. just, and it's a weird thing. It's a weird balance. Like, uh, there's not, look, I am slightly narcissistic and egotistical in a traditional sense. Right. I oh, yeah. want to be the guy that solves the problem. Yep. Right. And, and it's not necessarily, but what's weird about it, it's, and it's not that it's ego. It's just that I'm more comfortable talking about it. Because to I'm an becoming extent, yeah. more aware of my folly, right? Which is the removing of ego, right? So it's weird. Like somewhere in there, there's a formula for entrepreneurial success to me that is still in this like balanced category. So, 
you know, you got to, if you're somebody sitting around in your bed and you're saying, you know what, damn it, I'm the guy that's going to solve clean energy. <laughs> you have to be a little bit narcissistic yes. to think that you're the one doing it. Absolutely. Right. But you also have to be somewhat self-aware that you're like, I think I can. Yes. Right. So, which is a little bit of the ego. Right. You got to be the best shit in the but pile. But to get to where you're actually the guy that solves clean energy, right. you got to be the guy that's fucking wrong a lot. Yes. Right. right. You oh, got to yeah. go in and have people say, you're not the guy for it. You're this and that. And you say, maybe I'm not, but I'm certainly, but in a weird way, I think I am and right. I think I can. Right. So in a weird way, there's a balance there between, between doing it. So, you know, just using you as an example from what you were talking about, it's like, I think you've had huge strides, right? Because you have to identify. You sound like Katrina. Well, no, but seriously, (laughs) well, what you don't know is I talked to her on the way up here and she's like, please talk to him about this. (laughs) Tell him how awesome he is. It's like, I got you, girl. Um, No, no, no. But like what you were saying, you were trying to like place on other people what Mm -hmm. you want them to be. And the, the irony is that's you. Right, right. No, that's, so that's those exactly people right. People yeah. need to be you. John does not need, uh, you know, you to be John. He needs you to be you. Right. Right. And so, if you try to say, John, why aren't you more like this? It's just like, well, that's where I think some of this, like, kind of happens. Like, whoa, wait a minute, man. That's what I am. Yeah. Right. And and if that's what I am, then by default, then I can't be these things. Right. right? right. So this is kind of that removal of ego. I'm not good mm-hmm. with technology i'm it doesn't mean i won't do it and i'm not good with order it doesn't mean i don't recognize i need order and um organization it just those aren't natural for me right right so it's a weird removal of ego that i think kind of exponentially exponentially skyrockets entrepreneurialism is when you're kind of aware of like what you are and what are your driving factors so mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur if you want to be an entrepreneur but you're someone who's orderly and organized, then if you want that outcome of successful entrepreneurship, then that's where a partner comes in place. So you can still be somebody who is not creative, not wanting to like go out and you know solve all the world's problems, but you want to work for yourself successfully, then understanding that you're that will then tell you who you need to partner, who you need to hire, right. Who you need to do so i think like being self-aware is such a key thing and when i listen to the three of us talk i listen to three very self-aware people mm-hmm. right and so i think that's why you know whatever your outcome you're looking for shane or or what i'm looking for what you're looking for we'll probably end up finding it as long as we keep moving forward right and eventually it'll probably just end up manifesting the right scenario the right product the right team the right timing like as long as you keep moving forward and you understand what you're lacking and what you're also providing, you'll probably get there yeah. just by sheer effort. No, you well, just, you, you yeah. can't stop. The brain yes. never turns off, right? Which oh. is which is great in itself, and it's also exhausting. It's why the three of us are going to be sitting on our deathbed, laying there, and everyone's you know sobbing and crying, and you know, and we're sitting Hopefully. there going, yeah, <laughs> not. not. Or, or there's like he's dead. Oh. Thank God. Fuck, oh. it's over. Oh my God, let's all that move would be on the now. Hope is that there's sad oh, zombie. That's my narcissism. Yes. Where's my parade? Where's I didn't do this right. Wait, yeah. there's no, there's no red carpet up front. No, no. You sons of bitches. Why are people <laughs> drinking? They're taking shots. Why are you yeah. cheering? Hey, give me one. You, yeah, damn it. Yes, yes yeah. 
Why is she hovering a pillow over my head? <laughs> well, I'm not ready. Hold on. <laughs> and shh, just relax, Dad. Shh. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. It's time. We, you've been dragging this out. Stop fighting. Why do they keep telling me to stop fighting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not even sick. I feel great. Oh, you know. God. Anyway. Well, but uh, hopeful. I mean, I know I'm gonna. I, we're gonna be that way. We're gonna have that last like. <gasps> I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. Write it oh. down. Uh, you know, like yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna, like it just won't stop. Right? The brain does not stop. It won't no. stop. It, and it's, it, and, you and know. some days I want it to stop. And we do sure. things. Hey, this is you know, this is explicit podcast. We do things to turn it off once in a while, right? Yeah. I think part of that with my brother is kind of the same thing. And he doesn't. He's probably not wired as an entrepreneur, but his brain is constantly, constantly running. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, you were on a, on a on a backpacking trip with him, yeah. and I mean, I got stuck the whole with time him doing nothing for eight hours. Yeah, but uh, it's just it's just yeah. blah 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 blah. Just and yeah. by the way, do you know it's yeah. like this book and this book, and I read this, and it's just like, oh my god, man, shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. for five minutes. He I'm just eating. He can't. he can't do it. So here's the thing: is like you know, take your brother for example. Love him, by the way. Yeah, um, great dude. Most of the time is uh, well, your brothers. You get to say that. <laughs> I think he's a great dude all the time. Um, but I didn't have to like share a bedroom with him or something. No, you know? I didn't actually. So, yeah. I didn't either. Thank God that well, wouldn't work. Actually, I want to turn this kind of question to you. So you know, if you're wired that way, and I actually believe that you probably are, just from listening to you talk and stuff, and I can see the passion behind when you're talking about it. How do you take something right? How do you how do you not move on to the next thing? Right? Are you taking entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism and trying to do it entrepreneurially? Like, how are you trying to? How are you still doing Windows wired the way you are, you know, 15 years later? Why am I not trying to go on to the next thing as yeah. in different business? Different business, different ideas. How are you curbing that brain that we're kind of talking mm-hmm. about? Because if you're that creative entrepreneurial type and John is the more whatever, just using this. As, and I'm, I'm dumbing this down. I'm sure. My apologies. But how do you, how do you keep entrepreneurial within the same context for 15 years My, mine's expansion okay. expansion of the business okay so it's 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 not i'm not i'm not not thinking about it mm-hmm. it's just you know getting a market set up and then going to the next market okay getting that market set up going to the next market uh, what other products can we add to it you know in and 20, services you guys have added services, services to, yep. yeah. in 2020 we're going to be adding siding to our portfolio. Okay. Okay. And then, and then, you know, it's, we're, we're not here to just add things to the product lineup to say that we have them. We're here to truly become experts in those things we've added. Gotcha. And so, I mean, it's, yeah, no, I mean, my, my brain does not stop. Like, right. where are we going next? Right. You know, where are we going to go after that? You know, right. what, what do we want to do? What, what are we trying to get to revenue wise this year? What are we going to do here? You know, how, when we open up in these new markets, how do we want that to be? Do we right. want it to be a license? Do we want it to be a franchise? Do we want it to be, you know, what, what's the setup? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, it's nonstop, yeah. you know, but it's all within windows doors. So you're avoiding boredom by expansion. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look, that really makes yep. sense to me. I mean, it really does. It's, it's no different than, you know, there, entrepreneurialism is a thing, right? And, you know, if, if I was ever to really decide a career of corporate, 
mm-hmm. which, you know, is not me. Mm-hmm. Like I, the idea of wearing a tie is like a weak man trying to choke you all day. Like that's all <laughs> I, that's all I think of though. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like just either get it over with, man. Just yeah. like all day, it's just like just someone just like you know, just like choking me. Can you just shoot me now? So the only way working. I would be able to do it, I think, and I and I'm kind of coming to grips with this a little bit is, um, I have to go to a company that is in that that mode, um, right? So I can take my entrepreneurialism and apply it entrepreneurially. Yep. Like so, I couldn't go to like Apple, right? Well, maybe that's not a good example because they're always innovating new products yeah. or whatever. But so, uh, General Electric or something. Just right. something that's there. It's this big entity. It's already got its place. Like that would be torture to me. But if you're, you know, like I would be interested in whatever that would look like. Let's, you as an example. Just an example. By the way, I'm not offering anything. I'm just as an example. You, Hey, man, you want to try to expand? Like tell me where you're going. Tell you what you want to do. And let's sit down with the whiteboard and let's figure it out. And if I was employed by you and that, that would be very rewarding, even though I'm working for a company. 100%. You know, so I think. And that's what we know. want. That's who we're looking for. Yeah. And, and it's like you talk about partners, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's. Being entrepreneurial is very lonely, so it's nice to have yes. a partner. It's very mm-hmm. isolated. It's very isolated, yes. right? So it's nice to have a partner. That being said, you know, your 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 vendors are partners. Yep. You know, you're bringing in people that yep. you know that are helping you expand. Right. Those they're you know air quotes partners, mm-hmm. but you have so many air quotes partners mm-hmm. uh, that you need because mm-hmm. you can't do it yourself. Yeah, you know, you need all these people. Yeah. You need people in your business that are smarter than you. Right. You know, and that's what's going to help you grow. That's yeah, and what's smarter help you. than you. And that's this remove being narcissistic <clears throat> and egotistical is a great quality of an entrepreneur. But that's a, another example of kind of the irony. Yeah. You have to surround yourself with people that attack your ego. Right. Right. And yep. attack your narcissism. Like, hey, actually, you're not the guy that's going to move us forward in this inch yep right so that has to be me and you have to be able to pull yourself back and say that's not me right yep right even though this is my thing if i want that outcome which i'll probably get credit for mm-hmm. right that's yeah. the narcissism that's part. the narcissism i just part. want the credit for it yep. right so then you well then you need to remove your ego and allow someone who's smarter than you to in this category in, this this yep in this piece little piece of it and get you there yeah um that's interesting um, let's, I think this is a good segue here to uh, do our little update. What's up with us in yeah. terms of shipping container so, development? Our little update, and I know Brian's, I've very briefly talked to you about this, but we're working on different ways to produce, as we're bored all the time, mm-hmm. an alternative construction. And what we've ta- been talking about is ways to build less expensive, more efficient, homes for people because we just feel like there should be some sort of efficiency and consistency at the same time of building a home, Mm -hmm. right? The same way you would, you know, buy an iPhone here in a store in Colorado or go to Florida and buy that same Same iPhone for the same price. There's a piece of construction that is exactly the same no matter where you go. You guys deal with the code book all the time. It's the same deal. So we're looking at, and, and we've picked shipping container construction as kind of our passion, air quotes, because we mm-hmm. think that's a good way to go. It's, it's a good way to get started. It's, in, it's the right linear thinking. It's the right linear yeah. thinking yeah. for yeah. it. Um, as, as far as what we've seen and all the research we've yeah. done, staying up at two in the morning, looking at stuff. Yeah. And so we've been kind of putting that out there, 
to look for money to help us. Uh, I'm in the process of writing a grant on a piece of the construction with that because there are issues with building with metal boxes as far as the construction world goes and how to finagle that and fix it. Um, but we've been kind of pushing to try and some way, somehow build what we call a prototype, mm-hmm. whether it's just a prototype, like a air quote spec home, or if it's for somebody else or whatever, I've never done one. Um, Evan's never done one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, kind of just fell in our lap. Evan's been talking with some guys that have a lot of money that are interested in something. If we can mm-hmm. come up with a concept of what that looks like. Uh, I've, I've got now two clients that have approached me very willing to use shipping container construction as part of. Um, hmm. the construction of what they want to do on their project. Hmm. One of which is a, an ADU or an accessory dwelling unit on a piece of property this lady owns. And it's really just kind of a studio, li- like exterior mm-hmm. living space, a detached dwelling on her property. <laughs> and when she sent me the initial plans, I was like, oh man, I think I could fit all the square foot in one box. I mm-hmm. mean, for what she's looking for, I think we can make this work. So mm-hmm. I, I presented that to her because she's working on a budget and like, I think this might work. So she's since then said, let's try it. We're kind of in the design phase at this mm-hmm. point. The other person wants to build onto his home mm-hmm. and not only build onto his home to increase square foot and it's all one story construction, but also do a detached garage, same kind of concept, mm-hmm. so kind of two projects, garage with living quarters above kind of accessory mm-hmm. dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. And so we've again started the design process and uh, kind of, hopefully we can make this work. It really is going to come down to, for us, is it going to make sense financially? Because if it does make sense financially, this is like the number one way to go, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Um, If it's, you know, a combination of sort of less expensive, but at the same time, efficiency as far as build time, huge idea for us, right? The faster you get in and out of a project, the more money you actually make. Mm -hmm. So, I've and the got, more money the consumer saves, and the more money that That's that right. client yeah. saves. Yeah. So it, so we're we're at that we're at the design phase of both now. It's just starting to kind of get exciting now. If we can get through to plans permitting, mm-hmm. this is all going to go up on the YouTube channel, and we're going to document the whole thing for both yeah, of the, them. The 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 idea is is pretty simple. Like shipping container construction, cargo texture, whatever you want to call it, exists. Right. People are doing it, it's and more people are doing it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fannie Mae has designated it as a standard standardized form of building. Right. Right. So it's a house. Right. So that clarification or the or clarification that uh, outcome Class- classification. Classic- thank yeah. you. Classification is it was huge. Right. So now it's like okay. Well, here is a highly engineered steel steel structure that is designed to be out on an open water and taking wind, rain, salt the elements and it's designed to carry precious goods so it sounds like just in theory a good genetic makeup of a well-built home right because that's essentially what we're like what we we're talking about it's the right. whole idea of a home Keeping is to remove out. you out of elements yep. um and they're sitting around in the millions in used inventory mm-hmm. right uh, as we talked about it, especially here in the united states as we're importing more than we're exporting so we just we're piling these things up so if it's something that can be built and if it's done differently than the way normal construction is, then it should fit this blueprint of a really new way to standardize low-income house construction, where that's not like prefab or uh, manufactured homes or mobile homes. Right, like that was that one stigma. of our first thoughts: yeah. was well, we could really reinvent the mobile home community with shipping container construction. Right, their the insurance rates should be lower; um, they should be a higher quality. We can still potentially do it, deliver it at the same price, 
um, with profit built in, and then also it solves some of these other issues that mobile homes have, which is if you actually want to move these, they're still personal property, not real property. Whereas if you move and fix a shipping container home because of that classification, it becomes real property. Right. So it's like, well, in the event you get in trouble, you can actually move this and put this on land somewhere. And all of a sudden this depreciating asset instantly becomes an actual up- appreciating asset. Right. So we think there's something there that could, that could work and we have to kind of but we need to build a prototype. And the prototype needs to fit a couple big boxes, which would be uh, obviously design, aesthetics, safety, mm-hmm. and we want it to be renewable. So we want to fit all the big check marks, but deliver it a highly engineered, well-designed, safe, efficient home for a very fixed price per square foot that can just be replicated anywhere. Right? And that's the other benefit of a shipping container home is that if you design it right, then you can easily transport them, um, meaning that you could have a singular point of creation like an iPhone. Right. So once you solve this problem, now this house is the same price, and this is an argument for manufactured homes, or I mean um, prefab homes. Prefab, right. But if now if I build it here, this is the same price whether you're in San Francisco or whether you're in Lawrence, Kansas. Right. It's just the price like an iPhone is mm-hmm. or same thing with uh, we talked about automobiles, you know, a new Ford F-150 is manufactured everywhere. The retail price is the same minus some like state taxes, stuff like that. Right. But it's always the same. Um, but in home building, that's not true. So we're trying to play around with this idea and say, look, if we're going to do this, let's f- let's pull a quiver out and let's fire a shot at this and actually see if we can't get the right people involved to whether that's engineers or builders or designers and window say, and door installers, a hundred percent. So cutting holes in it again. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. So you're actually, you know, you're a, or someone just like you is a very important component to this because it's a steel box. We have to open it up now, yeah, and this is one holes. of yep. the biggest yep. problems that you have to first figure out is how to open these steel boxes up in a way. That is cost effective, but effective, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know where you would play it, but we would love to probably talk to you some other time, just conceptually sit down over beer and just say, how do we do this? You know, what are your ideas? Because this is, you know, whatever it is, it's on the table. Sure, so it's right. whatever is normal, we kind of need to throw it out and you can say, I have this crazy idea. What if we did this? Because yeah, no, this exciting. is how we would do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I, like I, Shane said, I've talked to a couple people who might, um, well, they flat out told me. Um, I will give you money for your prototype. You need to come to me with something. Yeah. And you need to show me that you've solved the problem. Mm-hmm. And if you think, and I agree, that, you, that maybe we're on to something, I'll give you the money to build a prototype. Um, and that's kind of where we started talking about with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe we don't need to build a prototype. Maybe we need the right client to say, I'll go, I'll try to attempt this with you for me. Right. More and, of a guinea pig than a prototype. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, First of all, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> have I, you seen it? It's, no. You haven't? Shipping no. container construction? No. Oh, okay. my God. No. You should take a look at it. Just yeah. Google. No, I, I, I want to sit here. I oh, want to yeah. sit here and grab my phone and yeah. look it up oh as we're speaking. Oh, my God. It's, it, it, it will melt your mind. When you yeah. see what people are building, you're like, And turning them into? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is this not? I mean, we're talking like architecturally significant structures. Yeah. Sure. That are beautiful. And it right now, it's. And are they just sitting on slams? 
It depends on the structure. I mean, okay. a lot of it's pier and grade beam. Okay. Um, there's, yeah, the, the turned down monolithic slab. It depends on the part of the country you're building them For to. Sure. Uh, some guys have done them on conventional, uh, you know, footing and, and stem wall construction. Um, it just really depends on who the engineer is. The, the thing is, it's just, it, even though it's been around kind of a little while now, it's mm. still really new. And there's just, like, speaking of innovation, it's one of those things that's growing so quickly as uh-huh. far as concepts go. There's constantly someone else going better, better idea, better right. idea. This the idea guys coming out all the time, just like I got, I got this. Try this one. Try this one. So, part of that comes into how to install. First of all, how to open it, how to install a door and window, what kind of cladding goes around it. You know, how do we get it watertight? It's there's there's many attempts at how to do this. Yeah. I wouldn't say any of it's been solved completely yet. So no, because they here's kind of where, in my opinion, kind of where I think it's at. It's there are certain things that are just innately solved by the material, right? Right. So, oh, yeah. like what we were talking about in the last podcast. So, a shipping container is category five hurricane. Mm-hmm. You know, can withstand F four tornadoes, right. earthquakes. You can't really burn them down necessarily if you're leaving this. Yep. Um, Steel. There's obviously That's no huge. termite and pest. Right. They can be brought in easily. The impact on the excavation is light because they're designed to be stacked like 12 high in the point loads. So as long as you're putting like, um, what's the, the, the pillars? Piers. Thank you. Gee, many Christmas. <laughs> um, you just basically think of it like building a deck and then you can just set them on it. So yeah. there's not this excavation work that has to happen. So um, there are so many inherent benefits to it. Yep. Um, and, you know, so it's kind of like people are messing around with this, trying new things, but it always seems to be we solve five problems, but four more happen. Yep. Uh, they're not efficient. The, um, I like, uh, you can talk about like what your thermal bridging is a big issue. Gram. Yeah. Thermal how do we bridging. break that? So it's like, okay, well, just that's fine. If it put the pro- things it solves on one end of the board and keep telling us what the problems are coming up and we'll yep. keep chipping away at those problems. Um, and this might be also where literal the manufacturers of things need to innovate as well. Yep. And this is where I think windows might have a play is we're right now. So basically people used to put bat insulation in. Right, so they would frame the inside. They furred out, yeah. They furred out. They put bad insulation, but there was pockets of air because the metal is corrugated. So then it was like, okay, spray foam is the way to go. Mm. Um, but I was thinking that if so, they're always so engineered specifically, right? I mean, they have to be because they have to perfectly stack and do all these things. Well, we have these exact dimensions that there should be somebody doing a reverse mold uh, of the corrugated metal right. that you buy on a roll. So you just roll it in and then you can put everything up so yep. you just buy essentially instead of like bad insulation for the bays you're buying a whole roll maybe that covers you know four or five feet and they just perfectly mold into the corrugated metal right which that product doesn't exist so as gotta be created which so, is where yeah, brian scott someone like brian scott could come in too 100 yeah. percent. well we talked about brian scott with 69 design i was talking about the where he gets the wrap Right. So he's like, no, they're super innovative. So maybe there's a wrapping company that's normally wrapping cars that should be coming with some sort of new wrap that you put on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this space 
for other innovators to participate. Yeah, Windows is for indoors, for example. If they have sort of like, you, you, Brian, you've seen those egress windows that have that built-in casing flange that sets into the concrete, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Same kind of idea as you're setting it into you know the steel That's right. and how to finish that window afterwards. But it's, if it's got that sort of connection, like those materials mm-hmm. marry to each other, metal versus whatever, if it comes more integrated and quicker to install, obviously saves time, money, whatever, blah, 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 and you can go. But there's, there's that, none of that's been fully figured out yet. I mean, there's all kinds of welding you can do. There's, there's a million ways to go about it. But as far as like a standardized product, that's just like, I need to buy that's the window I need because it's a shipping container window. Mm-hmm. I right. need that window. I think that's the thing is like there needs to be something that says, if we're going to take the windows and stuff you're doing now and try to apply them to a shipping container, it's just like the cogs on the wheel don't quite line up. You got to do right. a lot so of something yeah, needs yeah. to potentially field product production. Yeah, you got to have really smart people who know what you know about the specific window and willing to sit there and figure it out and too. say, okay, what's the problem? And instead of saying, well, it just can't be done, and say, well, you know, we we put a man on the moon with basically without computers. <laughs> I feel like if you just don't say it can't be done, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's so. Just to our, in terms of episode five, that's what we're up to. We always like to give a little update, yep. kind of where we're at with this. And it started with an idea, and each episode we've kind of, okay, here's where we're at now. We've got a client. We've got somebody who wants to do this, uh, potentially fund a prototype. Um, so that's our update to our listeners. We'll. we'll um, Hopefully the next podcast we ha- have, we've whittled it down yeah, we've, to we've somebody. Moved, we should be moving through concepts on both of them by then. So we'll see. But you have an, you have an IG account, right? Instagram? I do. Yeah. Just just start following Hono Mobo. And I'll even tag you in a few of these. 12 containers. Okay. Um, there's a few other ones. But just, yeah, start following them. You'll see all kinds of oh, crazy I mean, yeah, no, I, shit, I, man. It's, it's yeah, insane. I picked up my phone and uh, there's, there's yeah. some. Yeah, Hono Mobo is really the first one, I think, that kind of, that I, at least I was aware of. There's probably somebody out there. I was the first. Yeah. Um, but was the first one that says, hey, this is a way to do prefab. Right. Right? So I think they're out of Canada. Yes, that's correct. They're out of Canada, and basically they said, look, we'll pre-design and engineer five homes. Mm -hmm. One bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom, and a studio, right? And then, and they found a way because they're of prefab that they can whittle it down to really standardize the cost and everything and say, we know we can always build this for X. Right. So now we can just sell it for Y and we can ship these wherever they need to go. And there'll be a little bit of variance between, you know, site, you know, uh, where, where the site is and the cost and that. But the actual real costs are pretty fixed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they've kind of taken shipping. They were the first one to do prefab kind of shipping container. Yeah. Selling a product in itself. Yeah. yeah. Or at least yeah. get it to this level. Right. I guess maybe. Yeah. It's better. Maybe Most not well known first, at this point, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, they they build some pretty dope stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like, well, aren't they already doing what <laughs> what you guys are talking right. about? On some level, yes, but there's yeah. still problems out there and nothing's been, like I said, nothing's been figured out yet. Well, I just think that's where the nice evolution of it is. So that's their business model, right? And that's their company, like your windows and door and siding company. And they're now in... In terms, they're not really innovating, I'd say that with air quotes, as much as they are expanding. So I don't think that someone sitting around Honomobo saying, you know, maybe we should get into the mobile home industry. Right. You know, 11% of all homes in the United States are mobile homes. 22% in Mississippi. Like, no one's making this better. 
we have we've come this far because now they're in expansion. So I think this is where it's like, well, it's not unique to them, right? Um, I think you know, I think this is part of where innovation or exponential, uh, like, like we talked about, no no one person made the satellite. It's collective intelligence, right? right? Mm-hmm. So we can look at what they're doing and see that the model works, and we can now because we're not worried about expansion, we can take what they've done and then try to manipulate in a positive way to maybe move it into a larger or bigger sector or something different. Um, and that's, so by the way, I've had that happen where a few people are like, well, what you're doing is already being done. It's like, no, yeah. um, we're trying to figure out how to do it at $50 a square foot consistently. So whether that is here in Colorado or whether that is in Croatia, right? We can deliver a product. It's yeah. Right. That is like an iPhone that is, this is a home that you can buy that checks all these boxes off that costs X. Right. And now you just need to decide if you want to buy one. Well, it's you know? just like saying that, you know, well, people are already making electric cars. There's, there's no right. reason. So why would, why, why would, why would, Ford would you want to do it? Why would you guys <laughs> yeah, want to exactly. be doing that? Right. Exactly. By the way, have you seen the new, uh, it came like a week ago on the Tesla. It's like a, the new program you can download on the car. It's called the summon no app where you can you download it in the car and then you put it on your phone it's an app and so from your iphone you can it's like a fucking batmobile you can literally click the app and it brings the car to you from over 200 yards away it will bring the car it'll start up and it will drive to you avoiding obstacles yeah it is really unreal yeah Yeah, it's pretty sweet no the so it's like speaking of innovations like one more thing they're now adding to these vehicles yeah well you no more valets right look Uber and Lyft are decimating the taxi industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And self-driving cars will decimate the Uber and Lyft driver. For sure. Yep. I mean, yep. if, if, if self-driving they don't have cars a actually become a thing, and it probably will at some point, then you don't need someone to drive the car. You just nope. need to have it yeah. ask to come get you. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're just sitting <laughs> On your there. app. And oh, that's, that's so that's, wild. And that's <laughs> literally... Around the corner. Yeah. I mean, like 10 year around the corner. I mean, it's insane. Um, Same thing with the whole trucking industry. You know, we were talking about that. There's 350,000 commercial truckers in the United States and their jobs are all 10 years away from... Extinction. Self-driving electric... uh, Ford's pumping out the, the, the biggest surplus of charging stations across the country in the next two years. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually thought about that at one point, like the gas station, mm-hmm. you know, because I had a Leaf for a while. Mm-hmm. So I drive a Ram truck and we had a Leaf. Oh. Right. Balance. Right. Balance. Balance. Left and right side of the spectrum. Yeah, it's left and right, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one gave me great <laughs> rewards. Like, oh, yeah, let's just run it over. And then there was other parts like, okay, but you got to kind of balance this out. Like, no, 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 no. But... Um, I was like, do gas stations just become little mini like bodegas? Like, mm, is that yeah. all they're becoming? If it's not about gas, is it just about like mini marts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, is it just get about get your milk like, on the way home? Grab your Twinkies and, and yeah. like, and, is that yeah. what that becomes? I'm like, well, or would they be charging stations? But mm-hmm. then if everyone self charges at home, right? Then what happens to the gas station? I just thought about because you know when when we were just driving the Leaf primarily, I was like, I never. I went to the gas station right. anymore, and I'm like, oh my god! If this, I just had that thought, like, 
you know, I go in and like get a vitamin water or something. I'm like, hey, man, you're dying on the vine here, bud. <laughs> you know, it's like, excuse me, eh, nothing. Just no. having a thought, like I'd throw in a charge for it at the yeah, corner. Yeah, I would think you, about you know. doing something else. You know, like it's just like I had that weird thought, like it's just it's moving that direction. Yeah, it is uh, for sure. It is. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So there's the updates. Yeah, that's the updates. That's where we're man. going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm pushing the whole social media thing. So just you know, everybody keep keep watching. How do people find you? People find us online yeah. at gobluebirdco.com or they can reach us at our office, 303-810-2888. Okay. We'll put all this info on speech and social media. We'll, we'll pump it on all our sites to our platform. Yeah. So yeah. you guys will have Brian's information. Brian, thank you very much for coming in. Yeah, man. This Appreciate cool, man. it. Yeah. Gentlemen, yeah. it was my pleasure. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, we'll yeah. have you back we'll on. We'll have you too. back for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe with a, a creative window installation for shipping containers. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research on that. That's yeah. pretty Yeah, man. Get, go down the rabbit hole. pictures that. up. And we'll, yeah. we'll have beer next time. I apologize. That was the, that was the hoarder. I drank. apologize. The last beer. You know, screw you, Tom. I even sent Tom a text. Tom, that's the reason I came in here. I thought the beer was here. Confluence SBC, thank you very much. Brian, 69 Design, thank you very much. Brian Goldberg, Bluebird Doors and Windows, I appreciate it, man. We'll have you back. Um, Awesome. Episode 5 is a wrap, built by Bailey's. You guys check it out. Hit that subscribe button, help us out. Please please like it, please subscribe it. Uh, uh, Hit the subscribe button, it really helps us out. Yeah. All right, guys. I love you guys. Thanks, guys. Later.